Good morning. Yeah, tall hat day. I'm jealous of the jacket and shirt. If I had one of those, I'd have come as John Wesley. <laughs> All right, y'all out in the, the Narthex, two-minute warning. Now, we're Methodists, Kim. <laughs> 30 seconds always translates into significantly more. Okay. Now. There's, I want to have a chat with you. All right. And the reason I want to have a chat with you is because... After next Sunday, you won't see me for a while. First, I'm going to the hospital. On November 7th, I have a heart procedure. If everything goes well, and because you all are going to be praying like crazy that it does, I'm pretty positive that it will. Okay, in three or four weeks, I'll be back. All right. I didn't say much about it because I was hoping that it would be one of those things that wouldn't take a lot of time. But it's going to. And my hope and prayer is that it doesn't take more than three or four weeks. Um, none of you have fa faced the, the moment when the doctor told you, I don't want you to drive for a while. Well, that's what, the, that's what the doctor has said to me. I don't want you to drive for three or four weeks. So, anyway. Um, but I wanted you to, to know that that's happening so you won't be surprised. Okay? And um, one of the things that I want you to hear from me is this. You all do a good job being the church. Okay? And it's because you know Jesus is here. It's not because Mike's here. It's because Jesus is here. Don't forget that. Okay? And it's so good to see all of these people that have shown up from all over the place, including times past, and all different kinds of, of movies and things. I love it. Captain Jack? His lady friend was much prettier than him. Just, just saying. <laughs> We're going to talk with, with the, the, the children about Halloween uh, during the moments with the children. And 
Um, I would really like for you big people to listen. Okay? Because I'm going to talk about how Halloween started. Okay? I will shut up. Now, you, you, why don't you, yes, Jan, while we're, while, we're, while we're slow starting, we're going to do a couple of things. Whoa. Hang on, Jan. The Triceratops is bringing you a, a, a microphone. <laughs> Maybe you could stay up here. You want to stay up here and show some things? No? <laughs> well, I'd like to ask Sue Rees to come up uh, because Sue, for years, has been a volunteer kind of behind the scenes with Samaritan's Purse boxes because some people would like to do a box, but they don't like to shop. And if you give her $20, she'll get a box made, and we'll take care of it. So Sue um, is here, and you have anything to say, Sue? Um, no, I'll, you give me the money, I'll shop. I love to shop. <laughs> All right, what you need for these shoe boxes, and these go to places where they don't have any um, safety nets for people and families. They don't have somebody like Phyllis, they don't have food banks, they don't have, um, any kind of government help, assistance. They don't have anything that stops them from just not having enough of anything. And the shoe boxes go to places also where there aren't churches. So really these people have a double whammy. Not only can they provide for themselves uh, physically, but spiritually they do not know the name. So when we send a box, two great things happened, happen. I mean, I'm going to show you some of the things that I do. You find some nice things that I don't even think of. But um, the box is going to look like this when you're done. When you pick it up, it's like this. And you just put it together. And then, uh, thank you. Instructions are included. They are. Uh, it's, it's a, uh, this is Samaritan's Purse is run by Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham. And there's, they have many programs for veterans, for all kinds of different situations for people in trouble. If, if, you, if we have a hurricane here or a tornado, you'll see that big uh, Samaritan's Purse uh, semi-truck there, first thing. They're the ones who sent, uh, uh, what do they call those hospitals? Tent hospitals. Uh -huh. uh, field hospitals. Field hospitals to uh, Central Park in New York City during the COVID time. They have their hand in a lot of different pies and it takes a lot of coordination to get that going and a lot of volunteers. These, all right, so first what you need is this little pamphlet. That's your key and one of those boxes. And in here, these are boy and girl and ages. And you take your box and you tape it to the top of the box if it's a boy or girl, and what age. And you, you choose what you want. In here, they've got all kinds of suggestions for contents in the box, but they also have things that they do not want you to send. For instance, vitamins, candy, 
Another thing that surprised me was to toothpaste. And I said this last year, I wondered why they do that. I think they were eating the toothpaste. So they do not want toothpaste. There's three things that they want. They ask that you put this in, hold on to that here. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. It's not the right box. Here we go, okay. Mm -hmm. They ask you put three things You're in. acting like me, Jan. <laughs> <laughs> one is a toothbrush. A to I buy them this way because I do more than one box. And you can get a toothbrush for a dollar, or you can get a, a box like this for a dollar and a quarter. They also ask for a new washcloth and a bar of soap, three things that they ask you to put in. Other than that, they, they just give you suggestions. Now, you can buy those little containers for your soap, for your soap, <laughs> but you can also put it in a Ziploc bag, a small Ziploc bag, and it's, it's good to go that way. These are some of the things that I find, and I, you can tell that I buy, not seasonal just now, but I buy stuffed animals, little stuffed animals. Uh, I buy, this, this one says, go make disciples. And believe me, you don't know what could happen with, a, with this one shoebox in a family or a community. Uh, this is a sketchbook. Most of these come pretty much of a dollar. What is this? Right, a dollar and a quarter. They come in all colors. Uh, soccer ball for the older ones. I do a couple of soccer ball boxes because soccer balls are a very coveted thing over there. But I get little round balls. They don't have small soccer balls, just for the little guys and gals. One thing I always put in every small person's is a coloring book. You can usually get those for a dollar. And crayons. Um, these are really cute things here. This is a spiral thing. You can get that for a dollar and a quarter. They have uh, uh, this. This is an Etch-a-Sketch for a dollar and a quarter. Jacob, come on up here a minute. <laughs> Can't do this. We're alone. running. We're running out of hands, Jacob. We, we are. <laughs> That's oh, David. Here. David, hold that up. Yep. And thank you, David. That's all right. When I send this, I always think, you never know. We could have a little budding artist. I know I'm taking up time. Uh, Randy, and, no. Randy and Jacob be rolling their eyes. But these are, it's a, it's a neat thing. They also, I didn't find one this year, but I used to send the, it's, I used to call it a flutophone. It's like a recorder. It's okay. a little uh, elementary school thing. And I think, well, there might be a musician, budding musician that this could spike. Now here's some, see, I told you that. All right. Couple more now things. I have a Couple hand more. For, do you want me to hold this? Yes. Friends. <laughs> uh, this is. Oops. This is a little one. Jacob, I told you we needed you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Let me see. Trucks. Look at matchbox cars. They're a dollar. They're a dollar and a quarter. So I take them out of that because sometimes you don't. You know, they're new, but you don't have. If you're packing tight, and they don't want them overfilled but they don't want just right. a few things in them. I'll get those. And I think that's pretty close to what I've got here. These are the little ones, and they're just as darn cute as they 
need to be, and they're really fuzzy and nice. Do you want to feel that? <laughs> who, is, who is he? No. an idea if you're going to send pencils you want a pencil sharpener and sometimes you have to hunt for that the dollar stores are really good with all this stuff it may yeah well and, and, and it's hard for us it's hard for us to imagine what is out of reach all right when I send a soccer ball like this Thank one of you. these. This is a, a little higher ticket item, but I can get these, and I see them for ten dollars. But I can usually get them for five or six at Walmart. And you have to make sure that you buy this. That's five. This would be three, two, two ninety nine or one ninety nine. I can't remember. Yeah. It's a little pump. You gotta check that pump and check the whole one time. I had one that wouldn't go in, but mostly I've had really good luck with that. And you deflate it and put it in your box, and then they can send this with them. Sometimes I send a box of cards or a deck of cards. Uh, in the old ones, I send that, and then I get one of those. Um, oh, it's a, it's a dollar tablet and pens or pencils and maybe a flashlight or a uh, solar calculator. So I don't send as much in the box for the older kids. But all, I always send the three things they need. So if you have any questions, I think this is a great opportunity to send Jesus' name because Samaritan's Purse, and this is a huge thing, they send a book in every box that is age-appropriate and in their own language about Jesus. And that's where the good news comes in. The great joy you can already see. There is great joy in sending something like this and seeing that a child who really has nothing get this little box. And they also have little Lego blocks, but they're not called Legos. It's a little thing about like this, and they're very small, so you don't want to give them to the little ones. They'll put them up their nose or eat them or something. But the older kids, they're wonderful. You know, and these are ingenious kind of things. Makes things happen. Oh, thank you. They can use it for. Put it as a raincoat. They can use it for a raincoat. You know, outside on that table out there, you can get you can get your pamphlet, you can get your box, everything on that table you can just take. We want you to take that and put it in your box. And there are some of those. Uh, they're little backpacks, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I take take those. those. Take okay. the take whatever's out there. Just take it. There aren't any sharpeners, but there's a lot of pencils. And if I find sharpeners, I'll pick up some and bring them over here. Okay. Thank you. More, 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 than, more than applause, folk. Pick up a box, okay, and fill it. Yeah. And there are, there are people who care enough that 
if you can't afford to pay for the box, they'll take care of it. Would you care to, to start the service now? Sure. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Would you please stand and join me in the call to worship? The Lord God has taught us all to pray together and has promised to hear the united voices of two or three invoking his name. Hear now, O Lord, our prayers. We would be your servants. We would experience the blessedness of your safekeeping. We would come to know your truth as you reveal yourself in this world. And we would come to know life everlasting in your kingdom which we expect to arrive at any moment. Please remain standing and join in hymn 553.
Please remain standing and uh, give somebody a hug, a handshake, a nice greeting. Make sure when you speak as a group, you say it too. It keeps us together. I did. We, I, we couldn't hear you. The microphone. It's on. Y'all are having too much fun. As we go to prayer this morning, yes, very. Thank you. Oh. Lucy and Lisa both? Okay. All right. Um, amongst the things, folk, that um, are important is there are a number of people that aren't with us this morning. Okay. And some of them are going through some difficult medical stuff. All right. I think all I need to say about the situation is they're dealing with cancer. And trying to sort that out. And working to survive it. Um, There are folk that um, 
have been in hospital and are out. There are people who are in process of testing, and there are people that are in hospital. Keep them in your prayers. At this point, names aren't important, and what I've been discovering here is before I even say them, you already know most of who they are. Um, let's remember each other. Okay. Um, I'm lamenting the end of Indian summer. Nothing like getting up this morning to a beautifully cover colored refrigerator. The leaves are gorgeous. The, re the refrigerator temperatures are not. Um, this, as is typical, this church is going to be going through a period where it does absolutely nothing. And amongst those nothings is a craft show, okay, a charge conference. Um, let's see, what else am I missing? Lunch and cookies. Veterans Day, okay, and um, pardon, All Saints is next, we're going to observe All Saints next Sunday, men's breakfast is going to be coming up, okay, okay, so we, we've got each other that we need to keep in prayer. We need to keep this world in prayer. Okay, we'll be talking about that a little bit during the sermon. Let's bow together, shall we? Blessed Jesus, when we look at ourselves and we look around us, Gladly, there are some beautiful things. There are some beautiful people. And we want to hold fast to the beauty. We want to hold fast to what is true. We want to hold fast to what is good. However, there's so much that isn't any of those. Some of us O oh Lord, are struggling with various diseases and health problems. Some of us are struggling with finances and relationships. Some of us are struggling with jobs. Some of us are struggling with retirement. O oh Lord, Remind us we're not alone. Remind us that you are ever with us. You don't leave us for a moment. And that you will lead us one step at a time. You are always saying to us, follow me. 
You're always waiting for us to say yes. When we say yes, you work so many miracles. Some are small and some are huge. The hugest miracle of all will be when your kingdom arrives in its fullness. It's for that kingdom we pray when we join our voices together in the words you taught us to say. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Could we listen to God in silence? For God will speak in turn during prayer. Amen. Let us join together in a prayer for All Saints Day. We thank you, O God, for the saints of all ages, for those who in times of darkness kept the lamp of faith burning. The great hearts in those who saw visions of larger truth and dared to declare it, for the multitude of quiet and gracious spirits whose presence has purified and sanctified the world, for those who known and loved by us, we have passed from this from us, from the fuller light of life with you. Grant that all good is seen for now. Continue to inspire and guide us that we may always love them and honor their memory. That when, when we have filled our time on earth, we may have part of them in your heavenly kingdom. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please join in. Sing the Gloria Padre.
Thank you. You may be seated unless you're in the choir. Would the children come, please? ¿Qué tal? ¿Cómo estás? I ask him, how are you? 
<laughs> What's going on? You're all dressed up. Pizza. Pe yes, we have pizza. We have space people. We have cats and princesses and <sighs> motorcycle persons. No? Who? Huh? Oh, okay. My apologies. I'm a big person. Sometimes I need to be trained. Yeah. Now, do you know why we dress up this time of year? Okay, Halloween, that's right. But most people don't know how Halloween started. Okay, Halloween started as one of the four most important days of the church year. The first most important day is Easter. Yeah. Second most important one is Christmas. The third most important one is Halloween. All Saints Day. And the last one is Pentecost. No, yeah. See, Halloween, Hallow you know how things get changed? Okay, well, what happened was things started out as All Hallows Eve. And it got shortened to Halloween. Okay, All Hallows Eve is the night before All Saints Day. And All Saints Day is the... No, the, it's the day after Halloween, okay? But it was the day that the church celebrated people's birthdays to heaven. When people died, the church called it their birthday in heaven. And so starting on All Hallows' Eve, Halloween... Okay, a party would start. And the party would go all night. And all the next day till sundown the next day. And there would be church bells ringing. Okay, and there would be tons of music. And there would be bonfires. And there would be all kinds of food. Okay. And the way begging started was on All Hallows' Eve. All Hallows' Eve, now Halloween, okay, people would go door to door begging for food to make sure that everybody had food to eat. For 
All Saints Day. It wasn't just candy. It was food. Mostly special loaves of bread and cakes and soups. What? Yep. And what happened was things got changed. Hmm. So now, okay, now what happens is we go out begging for candy. Yeah. And our celebration, we dress up in costumes. Yeah, okay. Now, amongst the things that, that will happen, today we're going to have our Halloween party. Okay. And then November 1st is All Saints Day. And then next Sunday what we're going to do is we're going to celebrate the birthday of the saints who have gone to heaven. Okay? What the what? Yep. And so, all right, I know that you get bombarded with all different kinds of stuff around Halloween. Okay? One, don't let it scare you. It's, it's Halloween. It's Halloween. Don't let it scare you. Okay? And the other thing is to remember the celebration of saints. Saints are people who love Jesus and did their best to show it. Okay? St. Patrick's was one of the saints. Mm -hmm. Let's have a prayer. Our blessed Jesus, you do want us to have fun. You also want us to take care of each other. You want us to celebrate what being with you is going to mean. Help us to wrap all of those things together in our celebration today and through the week and including next Sunday. Hear our prayer. Amen. Now, we have candy and you don't even have to beg. Right there. <laughs> Super. That is just so cool. And the Sunday school teachers are waiting for you? <laughs> the cat in the hat's knocking things over. We're going to take our offering. Don't be scared. Just donate double.
we got word that there's probably going to be frost this week. That means the growing season's probably done. A lot of people are going to be working in the fields. A lot of people are going to be working in their gardens. We pray you would keep them safe. Keep us safe. Oh Lord, you've blessed us this year. You've blessed us this month, this week. And so we come to you saying thank you and giving you our gifts. Take them, use them, use us for the glory of your kingdom. Hear our prayer. Amen. Our hymn of preparation for this morning is number 64. Amen. Beautifully sung. You may be seated.
Our scripture for this morning is taken from Psalm 55. The focus will be on verses 16 to 19. I call upon God and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I utter my complaint and moan, and he will hear my voice. He will redeem me unharmed from the battle that I wage, for many are arrayed against me. God who is enthroned from of old will hear and will humble them, because they do not change and do not fear God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Once again, you have homework. Yep. Read the rest of Psalm 55. Okay. I found it difficult getting ready for this morning. The roots of this sermon are 30 years old. And I'm still having trouble with it. The roots, that is. A great deal's happened in the recent past to make a good many people wonder to just what the end the world is approaching. The stirrings of war in the Ukraine and the Middle East, the weird weather around the country and around the world, I mean, typhoons ripping up Pacific Islands. Have you any sense at all of what a Category 5 typhoon is? Just unimaginable. This last week, thankfully not here. Uh, Let's see, just this last week, um, tidal wave warnings. Okay, um, we could go back and talk about, about wars and civil strife tearing nations apart, terrorism and violence both here and around the world. The list of disasters could go on and on, and it makes a person wonder what it is that holds the world together in the face of all this tumult and chaos. To help us to understand things, or excuse me, it will help us to understand things in our day if we look back to the experience of Christians of the distant past. During the second century, just a hundred years after a terrible, malicious, almost, er, forgive me, I'm allowing myself to get confused and losing my train. You're seeing the pastor get derailed this morning. Okay. But just a hundred years after the crucifixion and resurrection, the church came under a terrible, malicious, almost continuous attack from the government of the Roman Empire. This attack led to the martyrdom of thousands of Christians as Rome attempted to completely wipe out the church.
Nero's persecution saw Christians burned alive on street corners as streetlights. Can't wrap our head around that. The Romans used a threefold justification for persecuting Christians. First, Christians were persecuted on purely religious grounds. The Romans considered us atheists. Christians don't believe that the emperor's God. Christians don't believe that there's a multitude of gods. Christians don't believe in gods. Therefore, they're atheists. Their logic was pretty simple. Mistaken, but pretty simple. The main characteristic was, if you don't believe in God exactly the way I do, you're an atheist. Can you imagine Christians being accused of atheism? They were condemned to die as atheists. The most horrible deaths. Some of them burning was comparatively quick. The second reason for persecuting Christians, closely related to the first one, had to do with politics. Because Christians were considered to be atheists, Roman authorities considered Christians to be political anarchists. Them Christians aren't going to do anything but bring down the government. They're going to destroy everything that we know and love. People that don't believe in the gods that underlie the law and order of the government, atheists are also anarchists. Because there's no reason for them to obey the law. Third, the Roman authorities attacked Christianity on purely philosophical grounds. In short, the Roman philosophers, especially the physicians, Celsus, okay, wrote off Christianity as a fanatical, disorderly, irrational, unphilosophical bit of nonsense. And many of the attacks that he wrote in the second century are still used today. Thankfully, despite the dangers, the tumult, and chaos of those days, when many thought the end of all things was near, Christians arose to defend the faith in the church against the Roman 
menace. These defenders were called the apologists. One of those apologists, Justin Martyr, defended the faith and the church with words that we would do well to remember today. Justin defended the church against the Roman death threat by saying to anyone who would listen, the world lives from the prayers of the Christians. The Christians preserve the world by their petition for God's mercy. And on the other hand, for their sake, God listens and spares the world from its ultimate end. Hmm. Something to seriously think about. Why hasn't the end happened yet, sir? Yet? Because Christians pray. Pretty heavy responsibility. You got real quiet on me. Okay. In one of the darkest hours of the church, a saint would say, the world lives from the prayers of the Christians. In these, our dark hours of world turmoil and of social and political as well as economic uncertainty, we, like Justin Martyr, need to recognize the power of prayer as our defense today. Most of the time what we do is we say, I can't do anything else, I'll just pray. Okay? The single most powerful thing that we can do is pray. And prayer isn't just sitting and rattling on to God about what we want, how we think things are. Clearly, Justin Martyr believed prayer to be vitally important to Christian life. So important, he called prayer the lifeblood of the world. What is prayer? The psalmist describes prayer beautifully as calling on the Lord. Yo, God. I got a problem. Help me out. That's calling now. Some of you younger ones may not have had the experience. Okay. I had the experience. Dave, you going to be home this afternoon? Is it okay if I stop by? That's a call. Leslie, you going to be home this afternoon? 
Is it okay if I stop by? Okay. That's a call. The call isn't just what we do with our voice. It's what we do with our presence. We show up. Powerful, po powerful picture in Revelation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus calling. That's the core of prayer. How do you feel when somebody just talks to you all the time? And talks to you all the time. And talks to you all the time. Just like this preacher. Is that a conversation? No. What the psalmist describes as prayer is having a conversation with God, somehow meeting with God. And there's all kinds of levels of conversation. Some are light, casual, humorous. Some are heavy, serious, intellectual. Some are highly charged, rushing like a river rapids. Some are deeply emotional. In another verse, the psalmist describes prayer in another way. Okay? another variation on the theme of calling but in Greek and Hebrew the word is I'm going to make an uproar I'm going to do whatever it takes to get your attention okay Jesus talking about the, the persistent neighbor at night prayer Jesus was going all the way back to the Psalms for that picture. I'm going to make an uproar. So you just as well get ready, God. Whatever its form, prayer is humankind reaching out to touch God. And more importantly, prayer is God reaching back to touch us. Prayer is always a two-way street, always a conversation. And sadly, too often, we only bother with our side of the conversation and screen out God's side of what's being said or done. One of my favorite pictures of prayer is from Genesis. Abraham was setting out under a tree. And he saw some strangers walking by. And he went out to them and he said, Come, sit with me. I have water for your feet, I have bread for your belly. 
I have the shade of the tree in the heat of the day. Basic hospitality. So, Abram's, Abraham's hospitality to the Lord began a conversation and the chat turned to the fate of Sodom. Abraham bargains for the life of the city. Wasn't Abraham's conversation also Abraham's prayer for the salvation of Lot's life? Another powerful picture of prayer is that of the prophet Elijah standing before the altar on Mount Carmel. It was an altar drenched with water. Okay? There was a competition going on to see whose God would answer first by raining fire down from heaven and consuming a sacrifice on the altar. And prophets from the other side did their thing for hours and finally Elijah says I'm going to give you a slight advantage so he had 12 large barrels of water brought and poured over his sacrifice it's important to understand that the the country had been in a drought for years. I can imagine people watching it saying, what's he wasting water for? But then Elijah says a simple prayer. He says to God, hear me, O Lord. Hear me that this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their heart back again. The fire of the Lord fell. Now talk about an undeniable answer to prayer. <laughs> there was yet another powerful picture of prayer. A woman so weak that she could hardly walk stumbled through a crowd to be near Jesus. She may have had to crawl the last few feet. Finally, she reached out and touched the hem of Jesus' robe. And she was healed. The ravages of more than a decade of disease simply disappeared. Was it the touch of prayer? Every prayer that we pray will be answered, but it may not be answered just the way we want it to be, the way we expect it to be, or as fast as we want it to be. The epistle of James tells us quite clearly that sometimes we ask amiss, we just get it wrong. We are only human, so our vision is limited. 
God does know what is best. However, we have a great responsibility. You see, the world lives from the prayers of Christians. Evil may drain the very life out of God's wonderful creation and ravage God's beautiful creatures. But the prayers of believers pump the lifeblood of love, goodness, truth, compassion, peace, joy, and justice back in to keep everything going. When we pray, we are Abraham sitting under the tree, talking to the Lord, pleading for justice, pleading for life, pleading for the dear ones for whom we care. Not just for some few in our family, not just for ourselves, but for the whole world. And Jesus doesn't make it any easier. Pray for your enemies. Bless those who despitefully use you. So, God, we're sitting here under our roof, keeping the rain off. What would we say? How would the conversation go? Let us pray that all the world might live and taste the blessedness of the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen? amen. Yes, I know you're glad the sermon's over. <laughs> Our last hymn for this morning is 117.
Please join me in the benediction. Our God, enlighten our hearts and minds that we may know you as our devoted friend. Grant us to be so convinced of your love for us that we would give ourselves to loving you in return. Let our love for you find expression in our service to you especially as we discover you in the people around us. To your honor and the honor of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Have we announcements? Yes, I have one. The family of Mike Krizoven, Alice Wimple's brother, would like to thank the church for the use of the gym for their fellow, not fellow, for their funeral luncheon. Amen. Thank you all. Quick, yes. Just a quick reminder. We have a lot of furniture that needs to be moved today and prep to start Monday for the craft show. And we have the parlor room that has to be moved out. We have the cry room that has to be moved out. Um, so anybody that's willing to stick around and help see Jim, he'll take all the help he can get. And there are hot dogs and other candy and, and other we, we things. We got a Halloween party getting There's ready to There's a Halloween off. party getting ready to start. And I'm taking pictures of anybody that wants their picture taken in front of the Halloween background. I will take pictures today. And on Veterans Day, Saturday, will be the men's breakfast. And as uh, Pastor Mike talked about in our prayer, it's our presence. You know, we have a super strong presence with the women in this church. The men, other than a couple of you, we are sorely lacking. We need to develop a fellowship to help support this church. And it starts by coming to the men's breakfast so we can raise money and organize to do things. So the next breakfast is on Veterans Day. That's easy to remember. Nine o'clock. And let Todd know if you're going to bring anything. Um, and I'll be cooking. I could use at least one other person to cook. Okay, let's get this party started.